podcasting, The Latest Frontier. These are the episodes of a Catch as Catch Can podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange, nerdy topics, to chat about sports, movies, sci-fi, and so much more, to boldly pod where this nerd has gone before. Dan's log, pod date 0407.19. On this episode of To Boldly Pod, we're going to discuss canon in relation to fictional universes and fandom. We're also going to debut our very first annual To Boldly Pod tournament when we find out what the greatest TV theme song of all time is. I'm also going to be joined by my buddy dave and we're going to discuss the early years of wrestlemania and we're going to close shop with a little bit of fun with the hell is wrong with mankind so scotty set phasers on stun engage now the other day my buddy jim posted something on social media that got me thinking about canon And if you're not sure what canon is, I'll give you the official definition. In fiction, canon is the material accepted as officially part of the story in the fictional universe of that story. And basically, it's what the writers and creator of a certain fictional universe say is true and whatnot, yada, yada, yada. Now, he posted something about Star Trek, and it got me thinking it was about the movie Star Trek First Contact, it really made me start thinking about the canon within the Star Trek universe. And that movie is one of the most pivotal, seminal moments of canon as far as the Star Trek universe goes because it it, it shows you, A, how warp speed was brought to the humans or, or created by the humans. Conversely, it also gave you the first contact between humans and Vulcans and sort of set in motion the entire basis and premise of Star Trek as a whole. And it made me think, first of all, what is the the pivotal moment in your favorite fictional universe's canon? What what moment really exemplified or defined your favorite fictional universe's moment in time? What was it? So you can let me know your answer on Facebook or Twitter at Too Boldly Pod. Or if it's like me and it is Star Trek, that is one of the pivotal moments within the canon of Star Trek. Now, canon is something that's really, it's argumentative. It's debatable because especially within fandom, fans will take canon or storylines and sort of interpret the canon as 
they see it or as a group of people see it or they'll agree or disagree in one way or other or or the other i just created a word or the other or the other so that's the beauty of canon and and you can have canon in short-lived series but 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 bigger universes are more complex with the canon the more layers of a show or movie series that you get the more deep the canon seems to be and you all know that you know star trek obviously and doctor who are two of my favorites and one beauty about doctor who is they've sort of thumb their nose a little bit at canon because they sort of overlap each other all the time and that's sort of the beauty of that show is some things are ironclad as canon and some things are just wishy washed away or wibbly wobbly timey wimey if you will but with star trek some things are just flat out ironclad considered canon and the thought that came to mind when when Jim posted that thing about yesterday being first contact day for Star Trek when the Vulcans met the humans was I hearken back to Star Trek the animated series and for the longest time Gene Roddenberry wasn't or wouldn't allow that to be any part of that to be considered canon as far as the universe goes and it wasn't really until the series Star Trek Enterprise when small portions of that show actually started to be incorporated into canon. And that's the the sort of beauty and the, the fate of canon is sometimes it's not. And then later on it gets or incorporated into being canon. And that a lot of that goes sort of more into the the books that are written about a certain universe and what comes to mind speaking of that is George Lucas and all of the books that were written about Star Wars where he would refuse to allow it to become canon and then slowly 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 things started to be accepted into canon and I'm wondering and maybe somebody more knowledgeable about the inner workings of creation and writing and production and whatnot can tell me that is it the person that creates the universe initially is so obsessed with controlling all aspects of of said universe that they refuse to allow another creative mind to incorporate things into canon or is it just simply the way things are and the way things always have been in Hollywood and in the creative world. Because going back to Star Trek, a lot of the things that are commonly considered canon in Star Trek weren't necessarily created by Gene Roddenberry. They were created by Gene L. Kuhn, who was a producer on the original series. And he created a lot of the things that became quote-unquote canon in the Star Trek universe, the, the Klingons and the Romulans and and you name it. So I guess my question to close is, what is canon? Are you one of those fans that like to interpret canon as you see fit? Or are you one that's just ironclad, go with the person that created the universe and what they say goes? If you have thoughts about canon, let me know. 
on Facebook or Twitter at Too Boldly Pod. And quite possibly for the first time ever, we're going to have an entire podcast that is all loosely tied together into one common theme and not my idle mishmash of rambling. And what I mean by that is coming up next, we're going to have or going to be joined by my buddy Dave, and we're going to have a discussion about the early years of WrestleMania because this is the weekend for WrestleMania. And what I mean by everything being loosely tied together is within the wrestling universe, there's a sort of canon that's known as kayfabe, which is not breaking character, but we'll get into that as we talk about the early years of WrestleMania. Okay, so now I'm joined by my buddy Dave, who knows more about wrestling than I've forgotten. He's going to enlighten you all with some knowledge of wrestling. So we all know wrestling, WrestleMania is this weekend, and... Dave, my questions to you, we're both old school wrestling fans, but you watch new wrestling, so tell me what it's like today compared to the early years of WrestleMania. Well, nowadays it's a lot of, I guess, I mean, it's it's really sports entertainment. It's, you know, it's always been sports entertainment, but it's really really flashy i guess or uh, i guess would be a word for it um <clears throat> looking back at the at the original wrestlemania here in the last couple of days i got to thinking to myself at the time 30 years ago more than 30 years ago now it seems so bright and flashy the 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 outfit um, the music, the celebrities, everything seems so flashy and, and loud And at the time. And looking back at it, it seems, it seems really uh, dialed back compared to uh, what it is today. Now, do you think the... Obviously, the athletes are better. But was it better then to you personally because the heat they drew or is it better now? It was, it was definitely better back then for me. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly the exact moment that I knew what was up with wrestling. Um, looking back at it, I, I always had my even when I was nine or ten years old, but even when even when I came to the conclusion that it was um, all all a work, there was still stuff that I could believe. Nowadays, just just me, uh, might be other people, just me. Um, I, I don't believe hardly anything they do. They they don't. They don't, they, they don't tell stories in the ring. Um, they, they do moves because, because they are athletes, because they can do it. They don't, they don't put any thought process 
why they're doing this move. Um, I, I, I was listening to an interview the other day from kind of an old school guy, Al Snow. And, uh, he brought up an interesting point. If you, if you watch, if you watch a tag team match today, it's not, it's not even a tag team match anymore. It's, it's like two or three different single matches going on. No, nobody's, nobody's doing tag team moves. Nobody's working a body part or anything like that. You know, stuff that would make sense. Back in the day, stuff would happen even though you knew it was, it wasn't 100% legit, they would do things that would make sense. You know, it's, you know, what's, what would be easier, um, for me and my partner to kick this guy's butt? Right. If, if, if we're doing it together. Now, if we're just, if we're just kicking this guy's butt one at a time, you know, my turn, your turn, or, and, and not doing anything that makes sense, then, you know, are, are we really, I mean, hurting them? One thing I was noticing with the first three WrestleManias that I watched was the, the crowd really reacted to the action in the ring. You know, you got the cheers and the boos. But it seems like in the little bit I have watched of current wrestling, it just seems like they're all just sitting there waiting to cheer or boo. Whereas back then they were more emotionally wrapped up in the theater in the ring, if that makes any sense. Yes. Today, uh, you say that and I... If you watch a Monday Night Raw or a, a SmackDown on a Tuesday night, the 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 largest cheers of the pops, what they call them, is is the entrances. You know, everyone's got a cool, elaborate entrance now, and that's about the only thing that anybody responds to. Which, you know, and like you said, the action in the ring. They, they're just kind of sitting on their hands, waiting for, <laughs> um, waiting for the, the guy's three, three to four finish, finishers that he's going to do. <laughs> that's, you know, that's another thing. Back, if you want to, if you're trying to portray this as something that's real, if you're trying to get people to, to suspend belief, okay. You take a DDT. Now, back 30 years ago, if Jake the Snake delivered a DDT, um, that it was lights out. That was the end of the match. 100% time. Okay. If he did a DDT to Ricky Steamboat outside the ring on the cement, Ricky Steamboat was out for months. Okay. Now, you, now you, you, you you watch a raw, and somebody somebody does a DDT, and they kick out at two and a half. <laughs> then the, then there'll be three or four more DDTs. I, I mean I mean I'm not even kidding you. You're trying to make this look real. Now, 
if I didn't, if somebody didn't know how to work the hold, didn't, didn't know what they were doing, if I went out out on the street corner and DDT somebody for real, it would put them out. So it should put them out in the ring. You know, if I did it for real, right? They shouldn't get. They shouldn't pop back up before I get up. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 they are definitely better athletes. They can do more things. Take somebody like the Big Show. A lo- he's a, he's taken more bumps. He's a lot better athlete than Andre the Giant ever was. Probably. They, they don't make him indestructible. If, if he choke slams somebody. And the guy kicks out, then how powerful is that choke slam? Right. You know? <laughs> so, I, I'm kind of going off on a different tangent there, but. No, actually, the segment before this one on the podcast, I talk about canon as far as drama in like Star Trek and Star Wars. And I was sort of leading it into canon in wrestling as far as kayfabe goes and that seems to be a lost art too well that's that's another i i I know it's some some old-time celebrity wrestling celebrities whether it be like jim Cornette, um a few other guys you know that i that i pay attention to their podcasts and whatnot If you if you and I are in a program together, okay, yeah, yeah, there can be mutual respect for one another, or whatever. But if we're if we're in a program trying to portray that there's heat and animosity for between the two of us, and you and I go out and do a fifteen twenty minute match, okay, and we portray that we've beaten the crap out of each other. Neither one of us should be on Twitter 15 minutes <laughs> after the match congratulating, congratulating, <laughs> and thank you, thanking the other guy for a great match. When there was heat, when there was on screen heat between Macho Man and Hogan over Elizabeth. Hogan had a, had a thing for Elizabeth. You, you, you didn't, well, there was no social media, but you, you, you didn't see him going on the evening news right, or something later that night going, hey, you know, great segment, you know, <laughs> great job on that. That was all, you know. Brother. It, it was brother. That, you know, <laughs> it might have all been said, but it was said in in the locker room without anybody hearing it. Right. So Speaking of, speaking nope. of canon, okay. <laughs> the old TV show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, I just got a quick question for you. As much as I as I talk up the old stuff, okay, watching WrestleMania one, I think you you watched it here recently again. Yep. Okay. Okay. Answer me this. Uh, Greg Valentine cheats, beats JYD, puts both legs up on the up on the middle rope, gets three count. Now what happened? Uh, Tito, Tito came out. Tito comes out and saves today, right? Right. Now, what happened in the very next match? Okay. The Iron Sheik. Oh, yep. <laughs> hit Wyndham over the head with with Blassie's cane. 
and 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 won the tag team belts. Now, where the heck was Tito when these guys needed help? <laughs> Who booked that? You know. Well, wait a minute. No, Blassie said he didn't take his cane out. <laughs> well, it's trick photography, probably. <laughs> he, he always said it was trick photography. <laughs> I, I the copy that I got, he Sheiky baby hit him, hit Wyndham. You know, his, his knuckle was bleeding after because it cracked and everything. But where was Tito at? I mean, that wasn't that wasn't being consistent. That wasn't consistent booking. Tito was there saving the day for all the faces. Well, he wanted the belt. Speaking of that, did you watch it on the network or do you have a copy? I watched it on the network last night. Okay, so did you notice, like I noticed, that in the original WrestleMania, when the the ladies the women's tag team belt when they came out it was girls just want to have fun but on the network now it's some other music oh yeah they vince is he's not into paying any royalties at all they've (laughs) they've they've totally they've done they've uh redone our the soundtrack to our youth right I, I don't, I can't remember exactly, but they'll have, for instance, they'll have JYD coming out to grab them cakes back in 1984 and 85, and I'm going, this is way too early for that. <laughs> I, well, I, the, I, guess they think, I guess they think we forget stuff. The other thing with WrestleMania 1, and I have the VHS, was Wyndham and Rotundo originally had uh, Real Americans. And Hogan yeah. and Mr. T came out to uh, Survivor, and now it's switched. That's, uh, to be, con- I, I don't know, to be, to I guess to rewrite his, Vince is worse than Lucas sometimes. I mean, rewriting <laughs> the history. <laughs> you watch something, you're like, wait a minute, that wasn't how it was. Okay, this, this is one thing that I, totally different than what it is now in, in 2019. If you watch the WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden, the original, every once in a while they'll they'll have a camera shot and you'll see the digital clock there at at MSG, 1:07 p.m. Right. They were they were doing, you know, I had totally forgotten about that. They, they were doing WrestleMania, doing these big shows on a Sunday, you know, in the early afternoon. Whereas now everything's prime time. Yes. You know, it, it, then you, you know, you stop and think about it. Um, even, you know, it, it was a, it, it, kind of a change. You know, even if, even people, uh, Sundays, even 30 years ago, 30, 35 years ago, Sundays used, Sundays are different than what they are today. Even even if you didn't go to church on a you know on Sundays, Sundays was still different than what it is. You know, you you, you might have went out to breakfast or lunch with your family, or you know, some of the family came over for for dinner and whatnot. <clears throat> so to me, you know, for them to do this on a, it just kind of shows. Thirty years later, how how society's changed? I guess WrestleMania too. This is me on my soapbox. 
This is me <laughs> overthinking stuff. I, I I never I never got to thinking about that. Okay, WrestleMania two. I watched that on closed circuit at the IMA in Flint, Michigan. My father and I went and watched it on closed circuit. I really enjoyed it. Thirty-two, you know, thirty. What is it? Thirty-three years ago. Right. Looking back at it, it it was kind of hard to watch the the three three venues jumping around. Right. You know, it, it, I didn't realize it back when I was a kid. It's kind of hard to watch now. And um, this is me overthinking stuff, and I'm I'm going to go off on a little. There's a minor tangent here. <laughs> I got to thinking about. Am I, am I, I'm, I'm blathering too much. Um, I got to thinking about this. I understand why Vince did this. He had a show in the New York area, Chicago, and L.A., the three big cities, right? I understand that. This small things that I, that I, that I realized, okay? I understand that you want to put, that you have to have your main event and your last show in the, in the less, the left coast is going to be your your last show because of the time zones and blah, right. blah, blah. Okay, I understand that. But just from a, from a wrestling point of view, I got to thinking about this. Bobby, our, our all-time favorite Bobby, was managing Bundy, right? Right. The main event. Well, why wouldn't all things being equal, to me... Bobby would have gotten a bigger response if he had been in Chicago, the old AWA area, right? And Dick the Bruiser area. Then you you mentioned something about the Nikolai um, Kirshner match. Well, who's, who's who's managing Blast? Uh, who's managing Nikolai? Freddie Blassie. Right. Why did they got Freddie in Chicago? Why is he not out in L.A.? <laughs> L.A. was Blassie's stopping grounds. In the sixties and early seventies, you know. So I don't know who booked. Them. Oh, and here's another one. As much as I hate hated to watch it, but the <clears throat> the, the Mr. T Roddy Piper boxing match that they they did in New York. Right. Mr. T, where's Mr. T from? Chicago. Born and raised in Chicago. <laughs> Why is he not in Chicago? <laughs> who booked that? Vince. Okay. Well, I'll say this about WrestleMania too. That had the worst celebrity people involved of all of them. It was it was awkward. It was awkward having having um, a celebrity at the commentators booth um, giving so much feedback. It, um, I mean, at Susan least Susan St. James had something to say. Kathleen Crosby was the clueless. <laughs> and and once the camera went up Elvira, I mean you lost all interest. Interest. <laughs> the camera back on her. Except for Jesse. Huh? Except for Jesse. <laughs> well, that, okay. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, Jesse was out in L.A. Right. 
so you had Tito there, so the best they could do was Tito. <laughs> so, out of those three, I mean, we'll we'll take the the classic match from WrestleMania three aside because everyone agrees that's probably one of the best matches ever. Do you have a favorite out of those first three, or a few favorites? Favorite matches, right, or moments? Um. Well, you know, WrestleMania one. I. Everything was so so short, and and see, even back then, and I was. I was in the rest, I was in the WWF and WrestleMania, but to be honest, at the beginning of the, of the explosion, I was, I was hesitant. I, I, I fought back because I was still, even though I've never been to the southern part of the United States, I was still a southern wrestling fan. Right. NWA fan. Okay. Um, I, to be, I despised at the time, even when I was 12 years old, I just totally disliked the idea that they were portraying Mr. T as an equal to Orndorff and Piper. Right. Because for one thing, Piper was such a fan of mine, even when he was straight heel. Even when I, even when I was a little kid and I wasn't supposed to like heels, I, Piper was still my guy. <laughs> um, so, you know, a, a lot of the matches in WrestleMania One, th- there are moments, but you know, not everything, not everything was fantastic. Even I, I've told, I've said this to you before, and this this bugged me back then. The the, the Andre uh, Big John Stud match, yep, the body slam match, that never made any sense to me either. Why wouldn't a a guy that's twice as big as the other guy be able to slam the smaller guy. Right. You know, that never made any sense to me. Even when I was a kid, I was like, well, why, why wouldn't Andre be able to slam him? Um, I, the, it was, you know, we joke around about it, but actually, you know, one of the best working matches Work rate or whatever was was like Steamboat versus Matt Bourne, right? You know, we we joke with, about Matt Bourne and whatnot, but he could actually go yeah. in um, the first match. Tito and the Executioner, who was really Buddy Rose, <laughs> um, Buddy Rose could go too. So I actually, you know, sometimes like the lesser known stuff. I think. Um, for me, the favorite of the first WrestleMania was the the tag belt match. As far yep. as and two, uh, it was two. I might go with a tag match for WrestleMania two. Also, well, okay. One of my just watching it last night and and rewatching it. So you you're probably going to go the Bulldogs and the Dream Team. Yep. But looking back at it. Uh, and, and you, you know he's one of my favorites. 
but there was a, uh, a young man, a 42 year old, uh, young man named Terry Funk, <laughs> who was just out there bumping for JYD like, like he was still 22 years old. He's, that was a, the best LA match. Yeah. He, I mean, he was just going over the ropes on, you know, under the con, just bumping his butt off, you know, and you would never think that he was, you know, 42, 42 back then is different than 42 now. Right. You know, Terry Funk lived, li, li, let's just say he lived his life. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, he's out there bumping like a young man for JYD. Um, the WrestleMania three, Steamboat and Savage, but the, the, the Hogan and Andre was kind of, uh, yeah. Was, Everyone knows my opinion on that. <laughs> well, I, you know who 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 uh what what little person did Bundy slam? It was. I thought it was was it a Native American or was it Lord Littlebrook? Uh, Littlebrook was his partner. Okay. Who was it that he squashed? The so yeah, I think it was the uh, the Native American one. I'm forgetting who it was. I mean that. At the time, in 1987, that was pretty shocking. Right. <laughs> you know, nowadays it would, you know, if Hornswoggle was still on, they, you know, they, they beat him up all the time, but <laughs> they actually do it back then. That was, and, I, and I've said this to you, I know it was Steamboat and Savage, but to go back to WrestleMania too, they, they missed the boat, in my opinion. They missed the boat. If, if if it had been booked twenty years later, it would have been done. But they should have put the the Intercontinental Belt on uh, George Steele for a month or two. Just to, it, it would have been money through the roof. Oh yeah, you know, it would have it would have it would it would have driven Savage even crazier. You know, it would have just they should have put it on uh, Steele for for a month or two. You know, short run. But he didn't do short runs back then. No, no, that, that's, you know, the, the, the IC belt was pretty, you know, pretty consistent, more, more than a month at a time, you know, probably at least four or five months at a time. You know, to, when Tito held it, it wasn't for, it wasn't, uh, he won, won it on Raw and lost it on SmackDown, you know, how, how they have done stuff in the last few years. I mean, other than the Iron Sheik, there really wasn't any quote-unquote transition champs in the 80s, or 80s and early 90s. No, No, not in the 80s. Just, actually, ironically, just Steamboat, because when it went from Savage to Steamboat to Honky Tonk... (laughs) It wasn't supposed to go to Honky Tonk. Steamboat was supposed to keep it, but he went up and told Vince that he needed needed to take some time off. But Vince was like, "I just put the belt on you. What are you talking about? I can't do that." <laughs> oh, back to WrestleMania two. Another thought because I got to thinking about Terry Funk. It was a terrible match, uh, Adrian and Uncle Elmer. Right. 
But my goodness, I, again, Adrian, he's out there bumping. He's out there bumping for Elmer. You know, getting getting Elmer over as good as he could. Right. T- you know, taking. You know, and for a guy that was le- legitimately close to the 350 pound mark, because <laughs> he just ballooned up, he he was moving. Right. Well, that's one thing you can say about Adrian is he would take bumps for people. I mean, take the WrestleMania yeah. three match. I mean, where him and Piper beat the hell out of each other for what twenty minutes. There's something else we can talk about. You know, bumps in the old days as to now, back then as opposed to now, where as you said, they just kind of go through the choreograph and that's it. They 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 they, they take crazy bumps now, but they get up. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. You know, I sent you a clip probably two years ago of I can't remember if it was a, a power bomb or a pile driver off off the top of a ladder and whatnot. And the guy bounce. I mean, the guy bounced right back up, and the crowd thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and I just just about cried. I was like, "Don't no, that's not funny." <laughs> you know, you're just you're you're crapping on the whole business. Yeah. We we all know it's a work. We all know it's choreographed, but friggin' sell it a little bit. You know, don't take a power bomb off off a ladder, then bounce right back up. And and they did it to get a laugh out of the crowd. Right. You you, you just totally dumped on what 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 these other people you know to to get off WWF to go back to NWA and uh, WCW, the early WCW, when Terry Funk um, did a pile driver on, on Flair on a table. That was just outrageous at the time. Right. You know, and I, and I, and I like watching like RVD and Sabu and stuff, the stuff that they can do, you know, but back in 1988 or 89, uh, Nature, Nature Boy taking taking the pile driver on the table that was just crazy, and now, um, you know they're they're going through tables or hitting each other with chainsaws, running over each other with a Cadillac, or you know, <laughs> and they get right back up. Right. What the the no cell league. Oh, it's it, 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 they can do so much. It's just if they would learn how to, if they would learn how to tell stories, still. But is that a sign of society? Everything's got to be instant gratification now, as opposed to build up. Probably. <laughs> and it's it's also a sign that Vince is happy with it. Reason being, you know, on the independent circuit, they do stupid stuff. But if you're good enough, you you'll still eventually get to the WWE, right? Okay, even if you do stupid stuff. Now Vince controls the world, and if if people were out doing stupid stuff and not getting re- rewarded for it later on, they might think about the next crop might stop and think about maybe we shouldn't do the stupid stuff, right? If you know. Um, there, there's a guy, there's a guy in WWE right now. I don't, I don't dig him, but his name's Dean Ambrose. The, the younger crowd does. 
and he's c- kind of seen as a, I, I guess, a rebel, um, outside society type. Kind of a sort of like a Jake the Snake, sort of. Right. Okay? You know, bad at, even when he's a face, he's, he's a bad, you know, bad seed. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I sent you, I sent you a clip or pics of when he was on independent circuit, you know, and he, he, he was in these matches with, uh, weed whackers and mini chainsaws <laughs> and, you know, they're cutting each other up and whatnot. Well, it's stupid as heck, dumb, but guess what? He still got a six or seven figure deal out of it. From right. Vince. You know, now Vince is the one with the power. If he quits rewarding the stupidity, then people might stop doing the stupidity. But the younger crowd loves the stupidity, so Vince, not, Vince is not going to turn down the money coming in. I Heck guess. no, he's not. So I guess, you know, old people like me and you, <laughs> hey. mostly you, um, <laughs> I guess we're just kind of out in the cold. Yep. I'll just keep giving them my 10 bucks a month and watch all the old stuff. Okay. That's that's another rib on me. I, t- I told you back in November, December, Vince sent me an email. I, I, I think he had Brawler send me send me an email or something because they were trying to get me back. And they gave me they gave me three months for ninety nine cents, not ninety nine cents per month, but ninety nine cents for the whole three months. Wow. So thirty three cents a, a month for three months. I was like, well, crap! I got to jump on that, you know. Because they put some old, new, old, they put some new old stuff on. So yeah, I'm gonna watch. You know, so I I I watched it like crazy for three months, right? The, my regular 9.99 is supposed to hit on March 14th, my birthday, right? Well, I'm busy doing my birthday stuff or whatever. And March 15th, I wake up and sure enough, I forgot to cancel the damn thing. And I've watched hardly any of it. It's irritating because I was watching it like crazy when it was thirty-three cents. Now it's nine ninety-nine. And I barely watched it this month, so I got to in a week's time. I got to remember to cancel it again. So, so he has a brawler send me another <laughs> another deal or something. Here. Keep studying up. We'll get you back on so you can give your comic book thoughts. Sand shoes? Yeah, the sand shoes. Does he always take up two parking spots? Ah, uh, yeah. I, mean, I had to park on the opposite side of the parking lot. <sighs> <laughs> we'll wrap this up. Thanks, Dave. Look forward to you coming back and talking about comics, which you know, definitely know more than I do. Any? Well, I, uh... I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed being a first-time listener, long-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, 
maybe we can do it again. You, <laughs> you uh, about I, done with the uh, Bob Hope material, or when's the bail show? <laughs> you know that one takes a little bit more time planning. <laughs> And I'm trying to get him on the air because he'll work for food now. Okay. Well, I'll I'll let you go. And uh, all right, Dave. Okay. Well, thanks. Appreciate you having me on today, Stan. Now, occasionally on this podcast, we like to have a little fun with society, and we come across some articles that really, really make us scratch our heads, like this one from Houston. The headline reads, DEA looking for a Houston contractor who can burn thousands of pounds of pot. The contractor must be able to burn 1,000 pounds of marijuana per hour and for a minimum of eight consecutive hours per day. Now, the story goes on to say, the Drug Enforcement Agency has been flooded with phone calls since we first reported they're looking for a Houston-area contractor to burn pot and other seized drugs. These are the special requirements for the job. The contractor must be able to incinerate various items like papers, cassette tapes, bulk marijuana, pharmaceuticals, and other incidental controlled substances. First of all, the contractor interested in this position, will they write dude like every other word on their application? Secondly, will a copious selection of Cool Ranch Doritos also be supplied to the contractor? Because you, you're going to get the munchies. And finally, the person, the contractor that may be interested in taking on this dubious task might just be sitting on their couch right now playing a game of Super Mario Kart and going, dude, <laughs> I could totally do that job, but I am so baked right now, I can't even move. <laughs> the hell is wrong with mankind? And that's going to wrap up another edition of Too Boldly Pod. I hope you enjoyed my chat about canon and fictional universes. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dave about the early years of WrestleMania. And I hope you got a little chuckle out of this week's what the hell is wrong with mankind. So follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know your thoughts about the podcast and by all means, go vote in the Too Boldly Pod Best TV Theme Songs Tournament. And next week, we will crown a champion. As usual, I don't have a closer for this show, so I'll just say this. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. WLLP Spock Rock Radio. <laughs>